Hi, and welcome to the show. My name is Ethereal, and I'm an elf, and I'm a very proud elf. And welcome to my show, Imperial Rebel Elves. Oh. Oi! Oh. What the hell? Sorry. Oh. Get out of here. Okay, but... No buts. Get out of here, you crazy elf. I get to have a voice too, you know, hero. See, that's where you're wrong. You don't get to have a voice because you're just an elf. I do, I do, I do. Bloody hell, where's my gun? Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Red Orc Podcast. I am so sorry about that, guys. I really need to get rid of this elf, whatever his bloody name is, a ferial or something just as elven as that. <sighs> okay. Let's crack on with the show. Welcome to episode 35. My name is Eero and this is Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. On today's episode, it's kind of a continuation from episode 7. Cast your memory back or go and have a re-listen or have a listen for the first time where I was talking about hobby spaces. On today's episode, I kind of want to get into a bit more nitty gritty with that and talk about how to store things, storage spaces. Let me say first, and this isn't because she listens to the podcast, because she doesn't listen to the podcast in actual, in actual fact, um, I'm very lucky to have a very understanding wife when it comes to the hobby, because uh, let's just say I know of people who probably wouldn't be as lucky, or well, their partners may be not as understanding and maybe not as generous um, <laughs> to go, yeah, take up a whole room of the house with your shit. <laughs> That's why, uh, you know, there was the invention of the man cave, I suppose, because we were basically cast out from our own homes and told, go to a garage or a shed and put all your shit in there because I don't want to see it or be around it. <laughs> Uh, obviously, I'm sort of uh, joking to a point. Um, but honestly, yeah, I, I, I'm very lucky that one, I've got um, uh, lucky enough to have a big enough house that each child, I've got three ch- children, um, each child can have their own bedroom. Um, I have my bedroom that I share with my wife. And um, we also have like a little study area thing as well. And then we have a whole other room that I've sort of said, okay, can I have this for my miniatures? And luckily I was allowed to have that. Um, Otherwise, plan B would have been under the house where there's another kind of area or in the garage. It's got a a double garage, so um, which neither of us park our cars in there because it's hard to explain, but it's kind of at a weird angle from the driveway. But (laughs) you can get the cars in there, but you have to do an 11-point turn to get in there, especially with my big honking truck. Um, So therefore, the the shed is reserved for like my tools and bits and pieces. And, uh, you know, at the moment, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that needs to go to the tip. We have plans of of, uh, using maybe half of it to set up our own sort of home gym. Um, So yeah, another big space there that I could have potentially have used um, for for my models and my beloved hobby. My beloved hubby, I nearly said. So yes, very, very lucky to have the space that I've got. Um, But what do you do with space? You fill it, don't you? You don't just leave it there like an empty warehouse. You have an empty space and you go, bang, I could get a few more boxes, a few more tubs, a few more containers, 
and and jam it into that space. So now the hobby space, the fungion, as I like to call it, is chockers, is absolutely filled to bursting point. Like it's it's um it's organised as best I can, but the cupboard in there is full of boxes. Uh, the 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 desk there's there's two tables in there. So the main working desk is covered in miniatures and box bits boxes and stuff like that. Underneath the desk is probably half a dozen playing mats, uh, tabletop mats. On the other table, it's full of miniatures and boxes and bits of sprue and, and cork tile. Underneath that table are large tubs filled with things like terrain from OTP, um, like large pieces like buildings and cranes and containers and stuff like that. There's also things like um, cushioning from, you know, cushions that I use for various things. There's boxes of sprues. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's just chockers under there. Beside that, is a little um, plastic tub shelving unit thing that I picked up a few months ago that is now filled to the brim of things like flock and basing materials and paints and bits of wire and piping and bits of crap I find around the, the world to go, oh, I could use that in something. Um, and then there's shelves. I've got two shelves, no, four shelves. And they're full. They've got magazines about Warhammer and models and toy soldiers. Um, there's there's novels on there from the Black Library. There's more and more models on there as well. There's dioramas that I've done and some of the bigger models and things like the God of Taint is on there now that I've just finished recently. So that whole oh and then I've got <laughs> then I've got two display cabinets which I love. Big glass cabinets, huge like ceiling a uh, floor to ceiling cabinets. Um, they're filled with painted miniatures, finished miniatures. And it's not enough space now. I've set up a spray booth in the garage. I will be using, um, I will be eventually learning how to use my airbrush, <laughs> which I've had sitting there for about a year and a half. Um, I want to set that up there. But at the moment, I'm using rattle cans and doing all my undercoats and stuff out there in the corner of the garage because there's plenty of space. And I just thought, well, yeah, it makes sense. It's outside. It's away from children. They're going to breathe in fumes and all that kind of thing. It's because it gets pretty stinky, as you know. So I've got that little space there, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I've also taken to being at the kitchen table to do my painting. Now, I'm not completely to blame for this one. The wife had said that she misses me when I'm down in the fungin because <laughs> I'm gone for days. No, no. I could be down there in an evening and be there for two or three hours or something sometimes if I'm lucky. Um, but she sort of goes, well, you know, it's kind of nice for you to be around your family sometimes, Luke. No, no, no. But in the evening, she kind of goes, well, what about if I'm watching my show, can't you just be there and be painting? And I'm like, yeah, no worries. So that's kind of an unofficial <laughs> painting station at the kitchen table. That you know, you know, sometimes I pack it all away and we're gonna have dinner and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of been set up there for the last couple of weeks. Um, so that's, in, in my opinion, the hobby is is creeping out to these other spaces. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like uh, partly, I sort of go, oh, I should try and keep it all contained. But if it's not upsetting anyone, then it's sort of go, well, yeah, why not sort of um, push a bit out further to this spot and this spot. Um, as I mentioned before, there's an under the house section where I'm thinking it's, it's not really, like I can, I can sort of, I'm six foot two, so I can stand up in there 
in one area, in one sort of uh, two by two sort of area, and then it just gets narrower and narrower as it reaches back into the house. So for that area, it's not really ideal to do any work down there, but what I'm thinking is storage space. But then that raises the question of, am I just going to hang on to every single thing I've got? Like, I think I've established now that I'm not really much of a gamer. I'm, I, yes, I try and squeeze in a few games here and there through the year, but it's really, <laughs> really dependent on whether my mates want to humor me or not to do that. Uh, so, so first and foremost, I am a hobbyist. I, I enjoy the building and the painting. So build, paint, display. That's kind of the, the three basic steps, isn't it? Like you, you buy your kit, you tinker with it, build it, then you paint it, and then you put it up on display. And if you're a gamer, of course, you're going to drag them out and play with them all the time. M- my process pretty much stops at the display step. So what, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is I'm not going to stop because I love the hobby. I'm just going to keep building and painting and displaying. But there's obviously going to come a point because <laughs> I'm 41 now. There's obviously going to become a, come a point where I go, I've got no more space. So do I then start to sell off stuff and only keep the really prized possessions, the really prized sort of like, oh, I'm really happy with this orc war boss. I need to keep him because he's epic and I love the basing and whatever. Or is it going to be a case of eventually I'm going to have to start going, well, I don't have the space anymore, so I'm going to have to get rid of this. Or, or, <laughs> do I need to buy another house and have options there? Or <laughs> or maybe a, a big-ass shed? But then, of course, that's going to get filled up. So where does it end, people? Where does it end? Well, Eero, if you only built elves, you'd have lots of space because we're quite petite. Just yesterday, while I was in the fungeon um, putting together some models and looking for various bits and pieces, um, I found I found some bags, like sandwich-type bags, like baggies, I think some people call them, of models that I built back in 2015, 2016. And looking at them, they're sort of like your old-style space marine or chaos space marines as well. So they're, when I say old-style, I don't mean the old vintage metal ones. I definitely keep those, but they're the old plastic ones. So they look a bit dumpy now compared to the new sort of Primaris huge uh, space marines. And I suddenly started thinking, am I ever going to use those? Am I ever going to display those? And even though some of the conversions and stuff I did were pretty cool and there's some good options there for heads and bits and pieces that I could maybe take off them, I was really starting to think that's the kind of thing that I could get rid of. Not not chuck out, but like give to um, a fellow hobbyist or, or sell on eBay. I'd probably prefer to give them away, to be honest, um, because they're not prized possessions. If there was something that I was really proud of and painted, but it was time to get rid of it, I probably would try my hand at selling it. But I kind of I kind of think I look at these and think, yeah, I could take off some of the bits and pieces for other future projects, and then whatever's left, I could donate to <laughs> another hobbyist out there who's just as nuts as I am when it comes to bits. So therefore, thinking along those lines, I came to my own realization that um, there is there is going to be an end. There is going to be a stop. Um, not to the hobby. I'm always going to be mad about that. But I guess the collection, let's call it inverted commas, the collection will 
sort of uh, chip away here and there, break apart here and there. I'll always, I'll always, always have my favourites, of course. But as time goes on, and I might get a bit fed up with a particular army or a particular model or whatever it is, I might start thinking along the lines of, yeah, I'll give it away or I'll sell it, and. I think that's just the nature of it. I mean, there's plenty of people doing it online, so I just sort of think, but (laughs) the hard thing for me is because you put so much love into them, so much time and effort, that it is hard. It's like saying goodbye to your kids when they leave the nest, you know? (laughs) Um, But at the same time, if they're just going to sit there in a baggie and never see the light of day, then what's the point? You know, like I may as well give them away. As far as storage space goes, like I said, I think there's the option of going under the house. We, we store a, a few things under there, um, you know, some old toys and a few boxes of bits and pieces, but I think there's plenty of space there for me to go, well, let's get some lockable plastic tubs and I can put some of the older stuff that I don't really use that much but still want to keep for now, um, I could put it under the house. So that, that kind of fixes that problem for now. <laughs> and as I said, giving things away and selling things I think is inevitable as well. Um, But I wanted to talk about storage as far as what to use, what I use, what I find handy and all that kind of thing. Everything for me, and I mentioned it before, was always in sandwich bags. So I hope you know what I'm talking about. They're plastic bags. The ones I get had like a little um, white label sort of printed on the plastic bag that I could write the name of the particular army or war band or, you know, bits, whatever's in there. Um, and I found them really useful because they're soft. So you could, I, I used to store a lot of stuff in these old lockers that I had. So I used to be able to pile it up quite high, but it was all still quite light because it's all just plastic. So it was light as anything, you know, light as an elf. Um, <laughs> So I found them really, really handy. Then I started to watch YouTubes and go, oh, well, maybe I should get like the plastic, hard plastic containers that are sort of airtight, lockable ones, and that will look after the plastic miniatures even more. So I started doing that not so long ago, actually. I started doing that. And what I found is because they're so bulky, they take like the actual container they take up kind of more space. So I was losing space. So at the present time, I've got a mix of both. I've got um, small plastic containers filled with miniatures, and I've also got the baggies filled with miniatures as well. And, and, and in all honesty, I'm still preferring the plastic bags. Now, when it comes to bigger stuff though, the plastic tubs are great because they're strong and durable. And if you, like, so say under my under one of my uh, tables that I mentioned before, I've got like terrain and stuff under there. They're all in hard plastic tubs with a lid that you can sort of lock over, not lock with a key, but lock, lock over because who's going to steal them? <laughs> but, you know, like clamp shut sort of thing. And they work perfectly because you can stack them as well. Before, I used to have all the bigger stuff just in cardboard boxes, but of course, cardboard, you know, is not as strong, so it can sort of uh, collapse under its own weight a little bit, whereas the plastic tubs are absolutely spot on for me. My main work desk has drawers, which are, you know, jam-packed full of stuff, 
And I thought I quite like the drawers option rather than things being buried under tubs and having to drag out, you know, six, seven tubs to get to the bottom tub. Um, I was like, yeah, I kind of like the drawers option. So I went to my local um, like stationary kind of company um, just down the road and picked up a st- like they're only like thirty bucks or something like a stack. I think is I think there's. I think there's eight drawers altogether. Might even be, I can't even think there, might even be 12. Might be six on one side and six on the other. Yeah, I think it is. And they're great. They're they're just these normal plastic tubs like you'd get at like primary school, well, we did in Australia. And you just slide them in and out. And I've got in there, I've got flock and, and all my little bits and pieces that kind of didn't really have a place. They all go in there now. And it's so useful. Like I've got the paints in there as well. I've got some tools, uh, uh, sculpting tools that I sort of picked up along the way, older brushes, like dry brushes. I've got grout in there that I use for basing. I've got sands, I've got rocks, I've got um, plastic terrain pieces as well that I use for basing. So I reckon I'll definitely be picking up more of those drawers type setup things. Some options I've seen on YouTube when I've sort of like scanned looking for uh, storage ideas, they have the, uh, a lot of people are doing the magnetized thing where they've got like the um, little uh, metal disc under the base of their miniature, one to make it heavier and more stable, but two for storage. So they'll have these plastic tubs and then they'll have, they'll like have a metal sheet at the bottom of the plastic tub, glue it in, and then all your miniatures stay still. They get, they stick, they magnetize, they stick hard, firm to the base. You can move the box around, you can turn it upside down if you want, and they're just, they just stay there. I think that's kind of cool, especially um, if you're traveling. So if you're going to be going from here, they're going to shows or uh, going to a mate's house or going to a tournament or a club, and you need to cart your miniatures around as far as like putting them in the car or taking them on the train, then the magnetized option is is spot on, is really, really cool. For me, I don't really need that. I've got one of the old um, uh, Games Workshop carry cases with the foam inside, and that that's kind of been enough for me because I'm never going to a friend's house and taking like vast armies. <laughs> I'm just taking a few sort of war bands or something, uh, and that's only happened a couple of times, mind you. So I don't really travel with the miniatures, uh, but I think that's a fantastic idea. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. Hi there, folks. This is Mike here from Starship Varenas. Check out my hobby work on Instagram and WordPress. Just search for at Starship Varenas. You are listening to the fantastic Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I think the 172 scale is insane. It's insane. <laughs> it's so small. Um, <laughs> I used to have, when I first came to Australia, my grandma, who was already living here in Australia, she worked at an op shop, which is an opportunity shop. I'm not sure what you call, uh, I think you call them a thrift shop or a dollar shop in the States. Um, she worked at one of those, and she was so excited to have a grandson come and stay with her for a while when we first moved to Australia because we lived with her for a couple of months that she brought me and she knew I like soldiers so she brought me home a sandwich bag full of these little tiny tiny soldiers I'd had the normal 132 or 135 scale soldiers before when I was a kid little armed plastic army men but I'd never seen soldiers this small before and you know what I ended up loving them 
I love them. I never painted them. I never did anything like that. I never would have dreamed of painting these little tiny things, but they were really cool. I used to set up these big staged battles on the like the kitchen table, and it was an eclectic mix of uh, toy soldiers. There was like Napoleonic ones with tricorn hats, and but then you had like Vietnamese, uh, Vietnam, Vietnam War, sorry, soldier ones, and you had uh, U.S. Civil War ones. There was. Um, like little German soldiers from World War II as well. And there was even some little tiny cannons in there. So I'd have this big mixed war thing going on and it was really cool. But <laughs> the reason I'm telling you this is because the hobby spotlight today is on a, a gentleman called Pat, who is a local, he's an Aussie, and that's his thing, 172 scale. He does dioramas and paints these tiny, tiny little people to such amazing detail. It just blows my mind. Like I pat myself on the back uh, to be able to paint 28 millimeter scale or hero scale. I think, yeah, that's pretty good. Like that's pretty good, Luke. Well done. Well done, mate. So this guy has gone, no, 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 I'm going to do like uh, half that size or <laughs> even less, whatever that millimeter size is, but it's tiny and paints them. And it just, it absolutely blows my mind. Um, he's a really, really nice dude. I've been following his blog and he's been following me for about, I think maybe two years, not for a hell of a long time, but for a couple of years. Um, he's an older chap and he just loves his dioramas, loves his modeling and he's very passionate about it. Um, he's not uh, overly prolific. He's not posting every week, but when he does post something on his blog, it blows my mind. One, because of the scale, Two, because of the detail, but also because of the vision, the 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 um, the epic sort of look of it. Even though it's only tiny, tiny, he's recently done a, a Caribbean type scene, like um, with a with a shoreline with with water effects and all that kind of thing, with a ship on it as well. And you zoom in, and you go. Wow, this looks like a picture, of a still frame from Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Like, it's so good. So definitely go and check him out, guys. Uh, his blog, excuse the car going past my studio, my podcast studio. Uh, the blog or the, his website is modelmanpat.com. That's modelmanpat.com. Uh, he's also new to Instagram as well, so but he's got he's got probably a dozen pictures up there already, uh, and that's patmfc.55. Go check out his work; it'll blow your mind. And like I said, he's an Aussie, so Aussie, Aussie, Aussie all the way. One day, I do hope to one have a conversation with him, have a chat with him on the blog. Uh, sorry, on the podcast. Um, but two, I also hope to meet him one day because he actually doesn't live too far away from where I live. So that'd be kind of cool to meet up one day and have a have a beer or a coffee or a cup of tea, and um, yeah, talk models and maybe we could combine the conversation with the whole interview thing for the podcast. Who knows? But yeah, go check him out. That's modelmanpat.com. If you'd like to email me, you can imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. If you want to look at my Instagram, it's imperialrebelorc. If you want to follow my blog and read all my wordy words, then you can on imperialrebelorc.com. .wordpress.com. What have I been up to in our beloved hobby? Well, you know what? It's been my last week of lockdown, and I've been in a modeling frenzy, a building frenzy. 
a building orc stuff frenzy. <laughs> I've uh, in the last week or maybe week and a half, I've put together a huge war rig, an orc truck, and I'm talking like double trailer length truck. Um, I had uh, I'd bought an old. Um, orc truck a couple of years back that I thought, yeah, I can use it for something. So I thought, yep, I can use it for the cabin or the front engine of a massive war rig. And it's worked really well. I used the containers um, from one of the terrain kits from GW as the trailer as well. And what started out to be, I think it was a simple plan, you know, it was going to basically be that, turned into something more. Because then I thought, you know, obviously influenced by uh, the war rigs on Mad Max, I thought, nah, it needs to have like a turret thing as well with some big guns. It needs to have some characters on there, some some orky characters like the crew of the of the war rig. Um, I, I found these massive uh, sort of um, uh, tank track wheels for the for the rear wheels of the truck. I've I've decided to put toxic waste barrels inside the truck and just covered the whole thing in spikes and nubbins and bits and pieces and it's and it's been so much fun so much fun in fact that I decided to build another truck and <laughs> this one was uh, a toy conversion so years ago uh, I bought this old toy from one of those sort of cheap discount $2 shops and always had in mind that yeah I think it's going to be work well as a scale for orcs and I was sort of rummaging around the fungin the other day and came across it and thought, bingo, I'll, I had so much fun building the war rig. Oh, by the way, which I've called the war squig um, because there will be a squig on it. Um, if you don't know what a squig is, go and Google orc squig and you'll find it. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, uh, inspired by my first build of the of the orc truck, then I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll build another one. So this toy conversion was a whole lot of fun to do. Um, it's basically like just a, an open tray army truck, if you can picture that, with a square sort of cabin. And I used various bits from, from terrain kits from GW to sort of um, cover the windows and all that kind of thing and gave like cut out like a little slot hole so the driver can see, um, slap some guns on it. Um, I also added a turret to the top of that with an orc hanging out with a with a, like a heavy stubber machine gun. Um, great fun. I had <laughs> had an absolute ball with that with those trucks. Then Still feeling very inspired by orky stuff and orky conversions. Uh, I use the, I forgot what it's called now, like the battle suit, the Primaris battle suit that came out a while ago. Um, it's like a big walker thing with a, with a caged uh, cockpit. I decided to make that into an orky. Uh, first of all, it was going to be like a killer can, but then someone on Instagram said, oh, it actually looks more like a death dread. And I went, yep, okay, I'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> so... It's this big walking death dread thing, and what was cool is I had the I had the pilot, the the orky pilot, and he didn't fit into the cockpit. I, I just knew by looking at it before I even cut the bits off the sprue. I just thought this orc isn't going to fit. What am I going to do? Do I trim down the orc? And I thought, nah, because orcs have got to be big. They can't just be like scrawny little grots. They've got to be big and chunky. They can't be elven. Um, <laughs> so I ended up, it sounds crazy, but I ended up building this Primaris Walker slash Orky Death Dread around the pilot. I started with the pilot slash driver and then glued the cockpit to him and worked from the inside out. Does that make sense? And that was challenging, <laughs> but it was also so much fun. 
And I think I nailed it. Like, just not to sound arrogant, but I think I nailed the look. He's, it's very orky. It's like this lumbering, weird, mechanical robot monster thing with this little orc pilot in the middle. And <laughs> and it works for me anyway. So you can check that, check that out on Instagram. I'll be putting up a post blog very shortly as well on all my orky stuff. Um, I also, another little orky thing I put together um, was this little uh, tractor thing. I got, I had a whole bunch of engines, plastic engines from Zinge Industries, I think they're called. Go check those out. So I thought, yeah, I'll have this little terrain tractor thing. So I slapped a massive engine into that. I sliced up some sprues into spikes and and mounted them on the front part of the tractor. And bingo, you've got this crazy tractor driven by this punk orc that just is like a kamikaze kind of dude and just rams into people. That's cool to me. Uh, (laughs) And then most recently, though, as of not yesterday, the day before, I think it was, I built a, I went off orcs and went, actually, no, it was going to be an orc boat. But then when I put the orcs in it, I thought, oh, they look too big. So I made it into just a a standard hero scale army man type uh, imperial guard size uh, pirate boat. And I call it the high speed pirate skiff. That's on Instagram. And it's also on the blog too. So go check that out. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode 35. My name has been Eero, and you've been listening to Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. I'll see, I'll see you in next week's episode, episode 36, where, again, I want to sort of continue this chat about hobby spaces and storage and all that kind of thing, but I want to pose the question. So have a think and, and let me know. I want to pose the question, what would be the ultimate hobby studio for you? But until then, take care. You've been listening to The Imperial Rattle Podcast.